Okay, welcome. So today I am going to be talking about what is boarding school syndrome. I'm also going to be talking about George Chavrin's A, B, C, D of boarding school syndrome. And I'm going to talk about a few of the symptoms, um, the top five symptoms that I see in my work with ex-boarders of what boarding school syndrome um, appears as a symptoms. So. Okay, so this is from Joy Chavrin's book, Boarding School Syndrome, The Psychological Trauma of the Privileged Child. And on page two, she says, boarding school syndrome is not a medical category. However, it is proposed that there is an identifiable cluster of learned behaviors and emotional states that may follow growing up in a boarding school. She goes on to say, these men and women as children had to adapt to growing up in an inflexible system and learn to hide their emotions. So that is the basic definition of what boarding school syndrome is. You know, the ABCD of boarding school syndrome, A is abandonment, B is bereavement, C captivity, D is dissociation. So the first three, and I'll go through these, the first three, they come from um, your time at school and then because of those you, we then dissociate and in my work I see that then the dissociation then leads to a lot of the symptoms you know we dissociate so we become avoidant attachment we become uh, insecurely attached rather than securely attached which is what we get when we grow up in a um, you know a good enough parenting environment um, so A, abandonment, essentially this means that we're abandoned. We are left to fend for ourselves. You know, as George Monbiot talks about in an article he wrote um, quite a few years ago, saying that, you know, we're not, we can't be loved in this environment. So we, we go from being loved and then we go into an environment. It's basically, a, he calls it a loveless environment. Yeah. And so, you know, again, this abandonment, we could say from Joy Chavrin again, she says towards the end of the book, she says the lack of appropriate physical contact for extended periods of time in childhood is a serious deprivation, serious deprivation. So this abandonment, we've been abandoned. And I'm just going to quote a few different um, people. This is... Um, from Prince Harry's book and what he says he says he's talking about his one of his teachers ringing the bell at prep school and he says abandoned children don't care about a bell abandoned children don't care about a bell so I thought that was very telling in there so then we move on to bereavement so again, in Joy Chavrin's words, she says, homesickness has been reframed as bereavement. What this means is, you know, homesickness is almost like you go away on holiday and you miss your home and then you go back home. But it's like this pang, whereas what she's saying and what I found in my work, Nick Duffel says the same similar thing, is that you lose everything when you go to boarding school. You know, you lose your parents yeah but also your siblings you lose your 
um, comfortable, safe room if you have one, you know, food which is palatable, you know, uh, safety, your toys, your pets, your friends at home. You lose a lot. You don't just lose your parents or your home, you lose everything. So she's saying it needs to be reframed as bereavement. And uh, again, if I was to to quote a few people, so uh, Bear Grylls book, he says here, I missed my mum and dad terribly. And on the occasional night where I felt this worst, I remember trying to muffle my tears in my pillow whilst the rest of the dormitory slept. In fact, I was not alone in doing this. Almost everyone cried, but we all learned to hide it. And those who didn't were the ones who got bullied. Yeah, so that's Bear Grylls. And then um, this is from Saranoff Fines. Um, uh, him talking about his boarding school so he's a British explorer he says while my mother house hunted I was packed off to my new English prep school in purple blazer and cap and grey flannels after sobbing into my pillow for the first week I came to enjoy Sandroid school in Wiltshire as it transformed itself from a hostile planet into an exciting playground so yeah, after sobbing into my pillow for the first weeks. And David Cameron also talks about that. The uh, British ex-British Prime Minister saying that he used to look at pictures of his um, family in this globe, this, this square kind of um, pictures of them and cry sobbing in. So then the third thing is about captivity. So C for captivity. And again... What she says in her book, she says the institutional life of boarding school has been reframed as captivity. Essentially, we can't leave. You know, we need permission to leave. And, you know, if you say I'm homesick, you still can't leave. If you run away, they bring you back. You know, for me, in my experience of boarding school, the only two ways you could leave was one was expulsion and the second way was suicide. And I saw both of those. Um, uh, at my school so again captivity if um, I talk about Bear Grylls again you know he says here I remember all of us in our dormitory counting down the days like prisoners until the next exeat or weekend at home boy they took a long time to go come round and man when the glorious weekends would go past quickly. Conversely, those Sunday night drives back to school were truly torturous. Give me SAS selection any day. And that was bad. Trust me. So that captivity is like, wow. Worse than um, <laughs> SAS selection day. And then obviously in here, uh, Stephen Fry, he also talks about captivity. He says, prisons, are like boarding schools. So again, using that terminology. And the third, the, then the fourth aspect of this is then the dissociation. We learn to dissociate. We we leave our bodies. We go up into our heads. We we kind of stop feeling. You know, as George Sharon says, as the men and women, as children, learn to hide their emotions, 
hide their emotions so that we dissociate. So those are the A, B, C, D of boarding school syndrome. And then what are some of the symptoms? So in my work, I have seen that the most consistent, you know, common um, symptoms are, first one is to do with dissociation. We dissociated from our emotions. So we can go through life, it might be quite stressful, we just don't feel anything. But this is a real problem, as I'll come into uh, in a bit, in relationships. If we can't feel one, we can't connect with our vulnerability or our emotions, but also we can't connect with empathy. And if we're in positions of power, as so many of our leaders are, who've been to boarding school, we can't have empathy because we, we can't connect with what they're feeling. So that's really the first thing I see as a symptom of an ex-boarder is we struggle to know what we're feeling in any given moment. We can think about it, but to go, what do you feel? <gasps> some fear you know so then the second thing i've noticed is workaholism you know we nick duffel talks about this idea of timetabling in boarding schools we've just got to keep going keep going keep going and this comes from around the 1800 19, 19th century that the boarding schools were quite uh wild places so they basically brought in that now you've got to be doing stuff all the time so what this means when we leave boarding school is that we can't stop doing. We're just trained. You know, we feel very comfortable at work setting. But then when we're on holiday, we stop. <gasps> you know, we don't like it because then the emotions start to come up. So we start getting busy again. Busy, busy, busy. So in our 20s, 30s, as ex-boarders, we can really thrive. We can do really well in business and be a real success but when we've pushed our emotions down when we get to the you know late 30s 40s into our 50s it's not possible to to, to push this down and we can you know the some of the symptoms of sickness um depression suicidal ideation these types of things come forth and judith herman in her book trauma and recovery says this that it's often in the third and the fourth um, decade that the trauma resurfaces. The third um, symptom of boarding school syndrome for me is to do with relationships. We struggle in intimate relationships. As I mentioned earlier, we become, you know, shut down emotionally and we become avoidant attachment. Most ex-boarders are avoidant, insecure. You've also got disorganized and you've got ambivalent, I see probably 80 to 90% of the people I work with are avoidant attachment. What does that mean? It means you keep intimacy at arm's length. Stay away from me. You know, uh, we struggle with our emotions and therefore someone says, how are you feeling? You know, this next thing why we struggle in intimate relationships is that we've learnt that we can't trust anyone. You know, we can't trust those we love. You know, they're going to let us down. And therefore, we project that onto relationships. Oh, no, I can't get close to you because you're going to just abandon me. Um, another thing with that is that we become selfish. We, we disappear inside ourselves. That's what happens with trauma. We disappear inside ourselves. And therefore, in relationships, we're not giving. 
to one of the remedies is that we start to give again. We, you know, we've got to start giving back. So another of the two symptoms that I've noticed um, quite common with my uh, clients, one is anxiety. Um, a lot of us, I think, as Nick Duffel says, in one of the workshops I did with Nick, he said, um, Yeah, majority of survivors are not conscious. They suddenly discover how anxious they are. You know, and I've had this quite a bit. I started working with clients and suddenly they're like, oh my God, I've got this anxiety. And the reason we have that, in my opinion, is that because we have to be real flatliners at school, we can't be too up, we can't be too down. Therefore, any form of excitement is seen as a bad thing and we put a lid on it. And that turns into anxiety. There's been quite a lot of research in neuroscience, psychology, that um, when we feel anxious, it's just the negative expression of excitement. And if we can reframe that by saying, when you feel anxiety, I feel excited, we actually perform at a much higher level. Um, so those are, so that's the fourth one is anxiety. And I'd say another of the, the symptoms I would say is, you know, there's lots of them, but I'd say the one which comes to me uh, now, the top of my head, um, is triggers. We get triggered quite easily. You know, if someone criticizes us or something happens, you know, we can be quite controlling um, and therefore we can get triggered quite easily. Um, so that would be the fifth one. So yeah, lots of thoughts here. Uh, thank you so much for listening. So this is what is boarding school syndrome, you know, the ABCD of boarding school syndrome and some of the symptoms. So if this resonates, you say, oh yeah, really resonates with me. Please do um, comment below and like this video as well. And please do share and subscribe to my, uh, my videos. I upload once a week uh, a, a regular video um, on Wednesday. And then I usually put a podcast on the Friday. Sometimes uh, it's every week, but mostly it's every two weeks. This Friday, I've got a podcast about trauma and sex. And then I'm interviewing next week a well-known author called uh, Richard Grannon to talk about narcissism and complex PTSD. I've also got this workshop, which is happening, where I'm going to be talking in a lot more depth about boarding school syndrome and what it is, and how we heal. Um, that is going to be in 10 days time. And I'll put a link to the workshop in the description. So yeah, any questions, please let me know.